Oh my god, shut up. <clears throat> da, 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 dee. You don't know the words, James. Da, 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 da. My love is there. That's, that's not right, James. I'm pretty sure it's right. In San Francisco, your morning sun will shine on me. Hey, everybody! That's right, the Danger Hour is back. I am your fancy pants host, Jamesy Pooh. I'm back. Another adventure. But here I am once again. Where was I? As you couldn't tell by my fantastic intro, I was in the beautiful San Francisco. Hey, James, um, who sings that song? That's Tony Bennett. Yeah, let's, let's keep it that way. Oh, Jesus. Fell right into that one. Oh my God, James, I love San Francisco. Yeah, we all know why you like San Francisco, but I guarantee you I like it for other reasons that are not the same as yours. James, what, what, are, you, what are you implying? Nothing, nothing. But you know what I'm implying. All right, uh, yeah, I was on a trip with my little boy. Let me tell you why I went on this trip. So this, this year, I've been uh, trying to broaden my horizons by experiencing baseball games from other stadiums that are not Dodger Stadium. And previously, I think if you listened to my last episode, I covered this, but I will, uh, I will once again cover it to catch you up to speed. Angel Stadium. I think it's just called Angel Stadium. <laughs> Petco Park, the San Diego Padres Stadium. Coors Field, the Colorado Rockies Stadium. Chase Field the Arizona Diamondbacks Stadium, and finally, Oracle Park Giants San Francisco. So the plan was to take my wife. Okay, I told the wife earlier in the year, I told her, you know what, this year we're going to hit up, I think at this point we already went to San Diego, so I'm like, at this point we're going to hit up Arizona and San Francisco before the year is over. Those are my goals. It will happen so it is said, so it shall be done. How's it go? So, so it is written. I didn't write anything. This is a verbal contract. And guess what happened? We went to Arizona, and that was a great time. So next, the final stage was San Francisco. And I tell her, oh, by the way, don't forget, in a few weeks, we're going to San Francisco. Oh, um, <laughs> I don't want to go. I was like, what are you talking about you don't want to go? I told you we were going. Yeah, you said, you mentioned something like that, but it wasn't set in stone. I'm like, what the fuck's set in stone? I said it. That's good enough. My word is as strong as oak. Yeah, you always just say things, and you change your mind all the time, and you always say this and that, 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 that. It's like, look, you know what? On a side tangent, I fucking hate when she says that to me. You always change your mind. It's like, yeah, because I think one thing and then I get new data, new information, and it makes me change my, uh, my mind about whatever the topic is. So just say like I'm a scientist, okay? I get new data, and I'm like, oh, this changes my observation on this. You know, what kind of asshole just thinks something and is locked in and will not change? <laughs> anyway. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I told her, uh, well, look, I said we're going to go, and... Uh, you know, we went to Arizona, like I said, so why wouldn't we go here? Wow, you never said anything, so I already have plans on my sisters. I'm like, so you're, gonna, you're telling me you're going you're gonna to pass up the wonderful opportunity to spend time with me in San Francisco? You'd rather hang out with your sisters? We have this special thing planned, and my mom's birthday is that weekend, and I can't make it. We'll just go next year. I'm like, that's a long time away. I already had this goal in my head, and once I get something in my head, there ain't no turning back. 
Uh, so I told her, you know what? I'm going. You don't want to go? I'll go without you. Fine. I don't think, I think she was bluffing. I don't think she thought I was actually going to go. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I told her, you know what? I'm going to take the boy instead. I will take him and we'll have a blast. And she kind of laughed like, you're not going to have fun. You're not going to do this. But I did it. So I don't know if I mentioned this on a previous episode, but I'm trying to create this new tradition with my son where we, I pretty much, we play hooky from school and we go do something fun the whole day. Do you know why? Because my daddy never did nothing like that with me. <laughs> so I'm making up for it. My dad always worked graveyard, so he was asleep most of the time during the week. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be like that. I'm actually going to do things with my kids. Uh-oh, daddy issues. I called it, James. Oh, fuck off. So <laughs> I'm trying to make up for it with him. <clears throat> so last year, I took him to a Dodger game. We went to uh, this simulating, simulated baseball or ah, simulated batting cages where it's, uh, it's like you're playing a video game, but you're also in a batting cage. It's pretty cool. Then we went to In-N-Out. We went to watch a movie. It was like a whole day of fun activities. Isn't that amazing? Wouldn't you love for one of your parents to treat you like that? One whole day of special activities just for you? Oh, my God. What I wouldn't give to be an, uh, a nine-year-old to skip school and go have lots of fun with my old man. Wow. Just, it's a testament to how great of a person and a father I am. I mean, it's, I'm not looking for compliments, but uh, while we're here, I might as well get it out of the way and do it for you. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, this year I upped the ante, but not. Uh, it's kind of by default because she, she uh, ditched me. So uh, I took him along with me. We hopped on a plane Thursday night. That's right. But it was Southwest, like sixty bucks a ticket. Can't beat that. I think it costs slightly more to fly up there than would have costed me to drive up there and back, because I got a truck and it's not very good on gas mileage. So, so not much different. The only thing is I had to pay for uh, lift, lift rides around the city, which wasn't that much. So it, it wasn't that bad. And then the freedom of not having a car and having to park it somewhere. Because I l- realized a year before when we took a trip to, Fr- uh, to Frisco that they fucking rape you with their parking fees. So I was like, I'm not doing that shit again. So we fly in Thursday afternoon, uh, take a lift to our hotel. Then we check in. He, I'm like, all right, man, let's go eat something. He's uh, I'm already want. He goes sushi. I'm like, you want sushi, really? Yes, I want sushi. Like, uh, okay. <laughs> there happened to be a sushi joint, li- literally, like three blocks from our hotel. We, uh, if you were wondering, we stayed off Lombard Street, close to Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, maybe like a twenty minute walk from Fisherman's Wharf. So we go to eat sushi. It was fucking delicious. We had a great time. Next day was the was the was the real day. The father and son, day of fun. All right, we head out. And now look, I wanted to play a little social experiment with myself. I think I did put my my son in danger, but I'm a man of science, so it was worth it to me. (laughs) The experiment was wear my Dodger gear all day long and let's just see what happens. Am I going to be yelled at? Am I going to be talked shit to? People are going to scream at me, flip me off, get physical. Let's just see what happens. That was the plan. So we leave the hotel. Like I said, we're about a 20-minute walk from Fisherman's Wharf. We're actually going a little past it to Pier 33. If you've been there, you already know where I'm headed, but just uh, stay tuned. So about five blocks into the walk, there's this black dude, security guard. He's walking towards me, uh, just, you know, patrolling his little building area. As I'm walking towards him, he goes, Hey, man, right over here, they got a store where you can get some giant gear for a good price. And I just started laughing, and he's like, I'm just messing with you. Have a good one, bro. I was like, all right. If that's how it's going to go, then I'm cool with this. But (laughs) so far, so good. So uh, we head to Fisherman's Wharf area. My boy, oh, we look at the stupid seals or sea lions, whatever they are. All you hear is, the whole time, right? I actually saw a seal or a sea lion, I don't know what they are, with a red rocket. That's right, with with an erection. I've never seen that before. So uh, already this trip was looking up, <laughs> and then we uh, started heading towards the pier, and my son's like, I want clam chowder, and he gets a bowl of that clam chowder with, in the sourdough, that big sourdough bread bowl, and uh, 
as you all know, if you're listeners of this show, I'm lactose intolerant. So I fucking love clam chowder, but I cannot eat it. I love cheese, but I cannot eat it. It's a life of fucking misery. Imagine, just imagine this, okay? This is going to paint a, a, a little a portrait of my life for you to, to really understand me. Picture that pizza that you love, all right? It's probably from Round Table Pizza because that, that is, I think, the best pizza of all time. Think about that, that slice of pizza. And oh, man, the mouth-watering, melty cheese, whatever salty meat you like on there. You like, some, you like onions on that? Bell peppers? You go with Supreme? You're a Supreme guy, aren't you? Or gal. Yeah. You ever get those uh, frozen pizzas? My wife fucking loves them. She gets, she gets Red Baron Pizza Supreme uh, whatever. And uh, it's pretty fucking good. <laughs> yeah, I, sn- I sneak little bites here and there. If I eat too much, though, it'll get me. But uh, anyway, imagine that perfect slice of pizza and never being able to eat it again without having crippling diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I went through with the diarrhea for many years, but uh, at some point you got to draw the line. It's like okay, I can't do this shit no more. It, it it took a toll on me. So that's the misery I deal with. I cannot eat pizza, no ice cream, no clam chowder, none of it. It's fucking miserable. Anyway, I snuck a bite of his uh, clam chowder, and god damn, was it delicious. Anywho, we head to Pier Thirty Three. And we're hopping on the little ferry. Oh my God, James. Nope, not that kind of ferry. I know you like hopping on ferries, but I hopped on a boat ferry. Oh, that's what you meant, James. Yes. And we were, we, uh, destination Alcatraz. That's right. In my long 35 years of glorious life, I've never been to Alcatraz. My parents took me apparently to San Francisco one time. For like, a, I think a day, we went to Alcatraz. And of course, my parents, not being of, uh, they're being of simple minds, didn't realize that you had to have a reservation well in advance of showing up. So they're all sold out. So I got to look at Alcatraz with those stupid binocular things from shore. That's as close as I got to it. So here we are on the ferry. Oh my God. Nope. Regular boat ferry. And we're sailing away. Sailing. Takes me away, la, 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 la. Oh, God. I'm in a little singing mood today, aren't I? Look at me, little twinkle toes. Must be that San Francisco treat. ho So we're heading over. Unfortunately, it's a very foggy day, overcast. So the, the Golden Gate Bridge is kind of lost in the fog, like half of it's gone. Uh, not very good visibility, but it's a, it's a real San Francisco-type day. You know, <laughs> and uh, anyways, we get to Alcatraz. We're walking around. We take the whole tour on the inside. There's a self-guided tour if you've never been there. Pretty cool. Very interesting. There's the whole story. Like actual prisoners are talking to you and actual prison guards are telling you, you know, all the facts and blah, blah, blah. At one point, there's the yard. Okay. It's the, uh, the outdoor area that the prisoners used to go outside and exercise and fuck off and all that. I think they would go out there like once a week. So I'm pretty sure it wasn't part of the tour. So I, I'm like, pause it. We pause it. We walk outside to the yard. The reason I wanted to go out there is because they got a big poster on the wall right, right before the door. And it's got, it's got baseball and a bat on there. And it says that the prisoners used to go out there and play baseball. And it was a big deal to them. And I was like, oh, no shit. I want to go see that. So we pause it. We walk outside. And it's this pretty big area. And all the way in the back corner, there's an actual baseball diamond made of all dirt, right? I was like, oh, my God, this is sick. So we walk out there. You know, we're just the fucking seagulls are flying overhead. It's all over, overcast and foggy. And uh, there's like a few people out there. Most people are inside the jail taking the tour. And we're just walking around. It's like, damn, this is pretty sick. Then I realize that I'm, I have a bag on my shoulders because we're going the whole day. We're not going to go back to the hotel. So we have our baseball gloves, and I brought a baseball just in case. And, dude, we start playing catch outside on, on that baseball diamond, and it was like this just surreal moment. And like at one point, I'm having my boy pitch to me, and I'm, I'm uh, catching the ball. I'm at the catcher's plate or the home plate, and he's pitching to me, and it's fucking great. I'm think, thinking, like, God, we're playing catch on the same spot that these fucking murderers and rapists were. 
like this was their thing. Like this is what they loved to do. And it was a big deal. And like, here we are all these years later. I don't know. It was just like a surreal feeling. And uh, it was just pretty crazy because people would come out and they would like, be tripping out. Like, oh, fuck, there's people playing baseball out here. These old fogies are taking photos of us and shit. And it was just a pretty cool moment. We spent like 30 minutes playing catch. And uh, there's probably, it's going to sound stupid, but it was my favorite part of Alcatraz. <laughs> Wasn't even part of the tour or anything. We're just playing catch on the fucking, in the yard. In the yard. Throwing the ball around in the fucking yard. It was pretty sick. Uh, yeah, so allegedly, spoiler, sorry, three guys escaped Alcatraz. Uh, I think I might have heard of this a long time ago, but I forgot about it. But three dudes, they, uh, they dug their way out. They, they dug through the cement in the wall. A lot of like the Shawshank Redemption. They dug the holes. It took them a year. And they finally squeezed out of those holes and they climbed up some pipes and got the fuck out. They never found their bodies. And so they're, they're not really sure if they got away or if they died in the waters, you know, they never found anything. Uh, apparently it's so goddamn cold. Uh, I don't, I forgot what time of year, but there's also sharks there, blah, 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 blah. But I did a little bit of research and it turns out if this is true, they actually all got away. And, uh, they interviewed one of the guy's brothers and he's like, yeah, he came and he, and he, I saw him. I saw him once he broke free and then he went somewhere else. I don't know where he went. And another guy wrote a letter saying, uh, you know, I broke out 45 years ago. So it's like, damn, that's fucking nuts. They did it. They got away. If it's true. Could be a hoax, but, you know, why would they care enough to do that? But uh, anyway, the balls, dude. Ugh, that's fucking sick. I think I would try to break out. You know, if you have a life in prison, like, why, why the hell not? Give it a shot. What do you got to lose? Your life? <laughs> Uh, anyway, so uh, we head back, hop in another fucking car, head to the stadium. We're about 35, 40 minutes early. So we skip into a pub nearby, have a great fucking meal, a couple drinks. Having a great time, man. Just walk on over. There's Dodger fans sprinkled around. I'm like, all right, I'm feeling a little more comfortable. Uh, oh, I forgot to say, in the Alcatraz line, when we're walking in onto the ferry. Oh, my God. Nope. This guy goes, uh, oh, sir. Uh. No, not you. He stops me, and I'm like, "Oh shit! Well, do they have? Is there are they at capacity or something?" And then he goes, "You can come." He points to my son because my son had a a Dodger shirt on, but he had a sweater over it, so you couldn't tell. But I have my I have my Dodger hat and my shirt on. He goes, "Yeah, sorry, we're not allowing Dodger fans on this boat." I was like, "Ha ha!" I was like, and then I went, "Ah!" He starts laughing. He's like, "Ah, go on." He's like, "Have a good one." So that was number two. Number three is when. I got into the Alcatraz Stadium and they're hand, they're handing you the headphones to listen to like the audio, and he goes, "Oh yeah, sorry sir, it's not gonna work for you." <laughs> I was like, "Fuck!" So all I got the whole time, that whole day, was those three dudes, and they were all employees somehow. So I got nothing from any regular people on the street. No, uh, no Giants fans talked any shit. Oh, I got one chick drive by and go, "Woo, Dodgers!" That's it. I was like, all right, I'm okay with this. My experiment proved to be that it's completely safe to uh, wear your gear in other cities as long as you're not an asshole, I think. I think that's all. If you're a drunken asshole looking for trouble in bars, you'll probably get some, uh, some uh, <laughs> fists flying your way. But, but yeah, it was totally fine. No one said a fucking word. Where was I? Uh, okay, yeah, so we leave the pub. We get in line to get in the stadium. I like to go early if I go to a new stadium just to... Uh, get the batting practice, look around, take my time, really enjoy it, soak it in. So I'm standing in line with my boy, and I look ahead of me, about four people, I see this fucking jerk-off who was at the last Dodger game I went to a week before with my cousin and a buddy from work. And the reason I recognize him <clears throat> is because he's a giant fucking tall uh, middle-aged white dude, and he's got hair like Harry from Dumb and Dumber hanging out of his baseball hat. It's all wild and and, and and wiry like that. And the reason I recognized him is because I was there for batting practice at the Dodger game, and the ball went right over my head, and that fucker caught it. And he caught two fucking balls that day, and then here I am, I see him the next week, you know, up in San Francisco. Like, what are the odds of that shit, right? And he's the first one in line. I'm like, ah, oh, the same asshole's here, huh? So fast forward, during the game, fucking Cody Bellinger goes up and hits a monster shot 
and it almost goes out of the stadium. If, if you don't know about that stadium, the ocean is right outside part of it. And if you hit the ball hard enough, it'll go into the ocean. It's pretty cool. And there's people out there hanging out in little kayaks and they're waiting for the balls to pop into the water so they can swim real fast and grab them. Uh, so the fucking ball goes almost out of the stadium, but it's caught. And guess who fucking catches it? That same asshole. And he's wearing a Cody Bellinger jersey. I'm like, what the fuck? And they show him on the big screen, catch the ball. I'm like, that's the same guy. I look at my son. And we're like, what the hell? It's fucking nuts. You can't make this stuff up, folks. Uh, okay, so, yeah, it was a great game. They fucking won. Which leads me to my great news. The curse has finally been lifted. That's right. Every away game I've been to, they've lost up until this point. And I called it. I said it wasn't going to happen. I said they're going to win this time. And the other thing was I always get cheated out of a ball at every away stadium. So that's been broken too because I didn't catch a fucking thing. Nothing even came close to me. So I didn't get cheated out of anything. <laughs> so yeah, the Dodgers won 9-2. It was a beautiful stadium. We had a great time. Uh, it was a fucking blast. And the same thing that, uh, with this stadium too is it's right in the city so you can just walk right out. And you're out in the, in the streets, and that's pretty cool. So we get back to our hotel room. It's probably like around 11.30 at night. I could go for like, you know, a light uh, snack. My boy's a little hungry. Maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a little uh, nightcap before heading off to sleepy times. So I'm looking around our hotel once we get back, and there's only one place open, but it's a bar. I'm like, okay, I can't take the boy in there. So I go, hey, let's just walk around this big city block and see if there's anything around. Okay. So we're walk- we take a right. We take another right. And we're in this neighborhood. I'm like, oh, fuck. There's nothing around. We're just going to head back and go to sleep, I guess. And as we're walking down the street, I'm telling you, no one's around. It's dark. You just have the, sp- the street lights on, which aren't very bright. And up ahead, uh, way at the end of the block, I see a-, a dude turn the corner. And he's by himself. And he's walking He's a, a shadowy figure wearing dark clothing, and he's heading straight to us on the same side of the street. Now, as he's getting closer, I, I see this guy's kind of a creepy-looking dude. <laughs> as he's about 10 feet, and I'm glancing at him once in a while, but I'm not staring, okay? I know I'm not very streetwise, but I know a little something about the streets. And uh, as he's about uh, maybe 10 feet from me, I want to make eye contact so he knows. I look at him. I, I see him. I'm not scared where I'm going to fucking keep my eyes down the whole time. You know, you got to flash him eye contact a little bit just to let them know. Yeah, all right. And once I do that, this guy's looking at me. I'm going to compare it to like Pennywise the Clown in the new It movies. He's got like that creepy fucking looking like his head's kind of down, but his eyeballs are up through his brow. He's got like a crease. Like his mouth's open a little bit. You can kind of see his teeth. And just like that, that creepy fucking staring gaze. I'm like, oh, God. And as soon as we pass him, I notice he stops walking. I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. I was like, what am I, am I going to get into a fight right now with my boy? Like, you know, what the fuck? And I am not hesitating at all. If this guy's going to do something, I've thought about this before. You know, you might think about a scenario. If, if anyone attacks me when I'm with my wife and my kids, what are you going to do? Man, I, I really don't think I would hesitate to just throw myself at this fuck. And if I'm going to get stabbed or killed or whatever, I'm still fighting so they can get the hell out of there. I'm pretty sure that's what I'm going to do. Either that or I'm going to run and screaming and push him down and get away because I'm faster than my boy. So <laughs> I'll give him something. <laughs> so immediately I'm getting creeped out, right? I'm like, the hairs on my neck are sticking up and the adrenaline's pumping. I hear him stop walking. I hear him saying something, but I don't, I don't turn around or nothing right away. But what's my boy do? He, t- he turns it around right away out of instinct. I go, don't look. Don't, don't turn around. Just keep walking. Keep walking. And uh, we take about like three or four more steps. And he turns around again. He goes, Daddy, he's still looking at us. And I was like, just keep walking. This fucking kid wouldn't stop turning around. He turned around like another four steps later. He goes, he's got his leg up on the wall and he's staring at us. I'm like, just don't look and just keep walking. And as we're about to turn the corner, he turns around again and he says the guy's crouching down staring at us the whole time. And I'm like, great. As soon as we turn this corner, is this guy going to fucking just start bolting towards us? And uh, 
I got like a like a really creeped out feeling. At the same time, I'm like, eh, we're probably okay. We're probably safe. If he was gonna do something, he probably would have done it already. But as soon as we turned a corner, I he turns a corner before me, and I turn around real quick, and I don't see anything because I do it too quickly. And I go, oh my god! And he goes, oh what 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 what? <laughs> and I scared the shit out of him. I'm like, no, no, there's nothing. And then uh, I gotta be honest, I'm not proud of this feeling, but there were two young girls walking towards us. I'm like, oh, okay. If he's if he actually is coming, he'll probably attack them before he gets us. We'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, dude. I know I'm not proud of it, but you know, you you live you live to fight another day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> does that do it with my Frisco trip? Uh, oh no. So we go to bed, sleep in the next day, check out by noon or eleven o'clock. Our flight's at four o'clock. So uh, get, a, get a lift to the Golden Gate Bridge. I wanted to walk across the whole bridge. L- the time I went with the wife and kids, it was so fucking windy. She was over it. I don't want to do this. Not we got like halfway and we turned back. So I was like, you know what? You want to walk and take a, take a nice stroll across the bridge and back? He's like, yeah, okay. So we do that. We get a lift to the Golden Gate Bridge, which took a lot longer than I thought. It took about fucking 30 minutes to get there. I'm like, Jesus Christ. It was only like three miles away. So much traffic. That's the thing about San Francisco. There's so many fucking cars and like so many streetlights. It takes so damn long to get anywhere. It's smarter just to take bikes and stuff. But the problem I ran into was if you use the uh, the apps like the Lyft or Uber apps to, to rent a bike, you can only do it one at a time. So I got my boy and I wasn't able to get two. So I'm like, well, I guess we're taking a Lyft. Uh, it would have been a lot more convenient though to take the bikes. But I'm foreshadowing. So we take a walk across the bridge. At this day, it's fucking not a cloud in the sky. It's bright, sunny, beautiful day. Weather is perfect. Gorgeous. We take a walk across the whole bridge. Fucking enjoyed every minute of it. Walked back. Uh, had a great time. And then he wanted to go get a crab sandwich from the Fisherman's Wharf, which we never did. Uh, we got one last time we were there, and he loved it. He's like, I want a crab sandwich before we go. I'm like, oh, boy, this might be stretching it. So I was like, you know what? Let's, let's grab one. Of the- I'm like, I know what I'll do. I'll download the Uber app. I'll rent a bike through Uber. Then I'll get a fucking bike through Lyft and we'll both have a bike and we can both take off onto the sunset and head on and get a crab sandwich. That was the plan anyway. I grabbed the Lyft bike and then I'm like, all right, there should be an Uber rack somewhere close by. They're all over the place. Of course, now that I'm looking for one, there's nowhere to be seen. So I got a bike. There's not really room for two people on these things. I think they designed them that way. There's no pegs in the back to stand on. So... He's like, uh, I'm going to hop on the, on the seat and I'll just kind of like stand on the pedals and pedal. He's like, no, no I don't want to do that. I was like, come on, just get on. No, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll run with you. I'm like, you're, you're going to run really like a dog? Yeah, I'll run. I was like, all right. So I knew he was going to quit after a while, but I'm like, let's see, let's see how, uh, <laughs> let's see about how long he lasts. So I'm riding the bike and this bike is cruising along at a high rate of speed and he's, he's jogging behind me. I was like, you give up yet? He goes, no, no, no. He finally gets tired. And I was like, you know what, dude? There's no bike places around here. I go, just get on the bike. So he finally gives up. His stubbornness has an end, apparently. He sits, he puts his feet on the middle bar. He sits on the seat. And I'm sit, we're sharing the seat. So I got my crotch right up on his little butt. And I'm pedaling. And he goes, Daddy, we look so gay. <laughs> I go, yeah, you're right. But this beats running, doesn't it? And I'm noticing we must be the only fucking assholes that, that are too goddamn cheap and we were sharing this bike no one else is doing this everyone has their own bike and uh <laughs> and i felt like a big fucking asshole everyone's looking at us they're laughing and shit and my my legs are killing me because i'm hovering at one point because you know the seat is not big enough for both of us so i'm like all right take the seat and i'll just hover and fucking pedal in this and that so after a while uh i start leaning down to give my legs uh, like a kind of like a break and, I, and then my butt touches something hard. Oh, my God, James. No. I realize like an asshole, there's a fucking plastic cover over the back wheel. I guess so you don't get your, if you got a backpack or something, it doesn't get caught in the tire. I'm like, oh, my God. And I just sat on that thing. And <laughs> so now I'm sitting like a low rider and my legs are all bowed out like I'm, like I'm riding a fucking horse. And I'm pedaling like a maniac and I'm tired. But we rode like two and a half miles like that and uh, made it in, in a good time. And 
it was fucking killer, dude. It was like one of those stupid experiences that really made a great memory. And uh, it was fucking fun, dude. Just everyone tripping out on us and riding through. Because <laughs> you're right. Like, well, you're sharing with the sidewalk with a lot of people and just kind of like zooming in and out of people. And he's getting all scared. I'm like, hey, hey, don't worry about it. I have lots of experience riding a bike, all right? I've been riding a bike for about 30 years or more. And uh, <laughs> so it was goddamn funny. We made it to Fisherman's Wharf. We got our fucking crab sandwich. It was amazing. And uh, hopped in a lift, got to the airport, hopped in the plane and got home. It was fucking great. I had a blast. It was my first time going on a local trip in a plane. And uh, man, it was fucking great. Really great. I would, I would do it again. So we packed a lot of trip into just a couple days. Um, but it was cool as fuck. Just a nice little getaway, you know, switch up your normal bullshit life. I had Friday off, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, so I came home Saturday night. My parents picked us up, went out to dinner. That was nice. Uh, then Sunday just took it easy, took a rest. It was fucking great. Is there nothing better than having nothing to do on a Sunday? Oh, my Lord. Maybe there's a baseball game on, a football game. You just sit on the couch and do a nothing, just nothing. And I'm talking nothing. You might look at it as lazy. I look at it as glorious, especially after going on a trip and just running around all over the place, trying to pack all this stuff into it. Just nice to just fucking unwind. All right. Speaking of vacation, I'm going to use this as a, as a wonderful segue for, to talk about someone else that's not me. So uh, my little family vacation went well, but what about this family's vacation? Oh, master class in segues. So this fam, think about this, man. This family took a vacation, right? They decided to go on a snorkeling trip. You ever heard of that? It might have happened in Hawaii. Fuck, I didn't get that detail in this story. You ever heard in Maui you can take uh, that boat ride out to that little uh, islandy reef thing? And there's like, uh, apparently it's really killer snorkeling out there. So they did something like that where they took a boat out to go snorkeling instead of just instead of doing what we did put on a snorkel and just jump in the water. Ah, uh, you white people always got to make things fancy, huh? <laughs> James, aren't you half white? Yes. Yes. I'm half white, but I'm all poor. Uh, so they went out to a, on a snorkeling trip. And uh, there was a mom and a daughter and I think a father and... Uh, eh, I'm going to make this up and say there was a son. I don't know. But the mom and the daughter were off on their own. Maybe it was two sisters. It doesn't matter. The mom and daughter were kind of like uh, together um, away from the other people. And all of a sudden, she sees her daughter like, ah, like waving and stuff, right? So the mom thinks that the daughter is pointing out like a sea turtle or some shit. Now, if you listen to The Danger Hour, you must know this. I get a few details from a story, and then I just fill in the gaps with whatever I think probably happened. <laughs> so don't, don't take any of this. 100% as fact, okay? So anyway, there they are, snorkeling around, having a great time. And uh, the mom sees the daughter from flailing her arms around. So she thinks, oh, she must have a, she must see a beautiful, majestic sea turtle over there. I better swim over there and paddle my way towards her. And then she realized, oh, no, that is desperate flailing of terror. Because a fucking shark came by and <clears throat> took a goddamn chunk of her leg. I think she took a big piece of her leg off. I think her leg's pretty much missing, right? So she's swimming her daughter and sees a big-ass puddle of blood around her and starts freaking out. So they're trying to get the fuck out of there. I think the shark came by and took another bite off her, if I remember correctly. A uh, piece of her arm, maybe? I forget. But So they wind up pulling her out of the water, finally, and she's got her fucking leg missing. Imagine, if, if you're a parent, imagine seeing your child in this situation. I mean, this is, this is an adult girl. I think she was 18, 19 or something. But just imagine you, see, you having to pull your own bloody kid out of the ocean, trying to swim and get the fuck out of there while this shark is still swimming around you, then pulling them out of the water and seeing a piece of their, like a, their, their legs gone and you just see blood pouring out of them. Oh my God. And uh, allegedly... None of the crew on this fucking boat had any medical supplies or even any experience on what to do. So I'm not even sure if they put a tourniquet on or anything. 
And she's just there fucking bleeding out. And then they got to take a boat ride back to wherever they were to get back to land to get her to a hospital. So she fucking dies. Probably before they even get back to, to an ambulance. And that's a wrap. Ugh. Could you imagine that? And, uh, oh, you know what I saw this? I saw a video. They interviewed the father, and the father's talking about all this. Sorry, I saw this a long time ago. I haven't done a podcast for a while, but I wrote it down in my notes. But he was telling the story about what happened, and he's all calm. I'm like, Jesus Christ. He's, I couldn't sit in front of a camera and talk about that, knowing my kid was fucking brutally, I guess, murdered is the word. But uh, Jesus Christ. Could you imagine a family vacation, something that's supposed to be a nice, lovely experience making memories and, you know, getting away from your shitty job. Well, I'm, a parent, I'm, I'm guessing I'm one of the shitty job. <laughs> Just trying to get away and have a great time. And then look, this, this thing happens. Oh, Jesus Christ. Ah. All right. Uh, speaking of murder, <laughs> this is kind of a stretch of a segue, but uh, what about that storming of Area 51 deal, huh? That sure worked out well. You know what? These dumb people, they shouldn't have put this on the internet. They needed, well, I guess, I guess they needed the numbers, right? They needed to make everyone aware of it. But what about the element of surprise? If I was Area 51 and it's like, oh, they have a date on when they're going to come here and storm the gates. So if we have any alien shit that's easily accessible, which I'd imagine isn't, but I would probably put that in a hiding place that they'd never find, even if people did get in. Wouldn't you hide all your best shit somewhere? But besides that, if, the, if it wouldn't really turn out the way they planned, where literally millions of people showed up and fucking charged the, the place, which granted, they would probably get in if it was that many people. Do they have the manpower to fend off? Well, you know, they probably do. All they got to do is, is fucking shoot some tanks at the people. <laughs> Not even that. Just have some drones go down and strike all of them. It would have been a fucking bloodbath. Think about that. Do you think the United States military would allow even its own citizens to storm a classified military base? There's no fucking way. Imagine what it would look like to the rest of the world. Oh, look, they can't even keep their own people out. <laughs> they would have murdered a bunch of people. Oh, God. That would have been crazy. I kind of wanted to see what would happen. Now, look, I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not one of these sick assholes that wants to see a lot of people killed, but, but I was just curious, like, man, what if they actually showed up? What would they do? Would they actually murder everyone right there? I mean, they would have to. And it would be <laughs> all filmed. <laughs> or maybe a better plan would be like, all right, fine, just come right in. And they let them have access to like the first three levels. See? Nothing here but a bunch of offices and paperwork. Isn't this boring? All right, now get out of here. And the other 50 floors, the sub-levels uh, sub are all contained. It's probably a better move instead of murdering a bunch of people. But yeah, nothing happened. I think a couple hundred people showed up. You know what? I think Peterson's kids showed up. I think I read that. I think his mom posted, Larry, shout out to Larry. Uh, it's officially October, so shout out to Scary Larry. I think she posted that uh, he went down there. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyway, that failed. We still found uh, nothing with aliens. So uh, what are you going to do? All right, I'm going to continue with my fantastic segues, so uh, get a load of this one. Speaking of aliens, what about this invasion of someone's body? <laughs> Bear with me. It'll make sense in a bit. So this white couple... Oh my God, James, why do they got to be white? It's important to the story, all right? So just cool your tits. Okay, here we go. White couple, they had some uh, in, in vitro fertilization. And the woman... I guess they wanted a, a beautiful, golden hair, blue-eyed baby. I think you know where this is going. Invasion of the body snatchers. How's it go? <laughs> Something like that. The woman winds up delivering an Asian baby. Ah! 
Dude, think about that. They mixed up the samples. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine? Well, I guess it was a husband's semen, so it would have been... Uh... <laughs> Did I forget to say that? God, I'm terrible at reporting stories. Good thing I'm not on TV actually being a reporter. Uh, anyway, so they took the, the man's semen. I guess uh, whatever, maybe he had bad motility or something. So they had to inject it into her egg. So they do that, but oopsie daisy, they injected an Asian dude's semen in her instead. And she had an Asian baby. Oh, there's so many fucking questions here. What a terrible situation to be in. And what the hell do you do next? I mean, you, you sue the hospital, right? Obviously. But you're still stuck with this, this fucking monster of a baby, right? Oh, my God, James! I'm assuming these people are racist. <laughs> uh, that was a, probably the most fucked up thing I've said all week. <clears throat> but this is the danger hour, so uh, no turning back now. So think about that. I mean, what do you do? I mean, obviously, it's still your baby if you're the, if you're the woman. It's still your baby, and you're going to love it on some level. <laughs> but you're picturing having this very strapping, strong, tall, white man, and you're stuck with, it with a short Asian with most likely a tiny penis. I mean, what do you do now? What do you do? Oh, my God, James. What? I'm doubling down. I already went this far. Jesus Christ. But think about it. Can you imagine like the family reunion? Let's say they're all racist, right? Like a racist family of white people. And here's this one Asian dude. <laughs> I mean, I can laugh about it because it's not me. But think about how fucked up that is. I mean, uh, oh. and it's not. And if you're the guy, it's not your kid. You're raising some other dude's kid. And your wife didn't even cheat on you. You you made the decision to go to the doctor and have this done. Even though, I mean, you didn't get what you paid for. But, huh, I wonder what the hospital's return policy is on that. 30-day <laughs> return policy? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't want this baby after all. Oh, please check the reason why. Is it, uh, <laughs> is it defective? No. Is it not the right size? No, it's probably the right size. Is it not what you ordered? Definitely not what I ordered. <laughs> I hope they got Amazon Prime at that hospital. Uh, yeah, I mean, here's what I would do if I was this chick. I mean, take it back. The chick's going to want the baby because, you know, she's a chick. But if I'm the dude, here's my move. You sell the baby on the black market. All right? Hear me out. Don't start rolling your eyes so, so far just yet. Hold on. You sell the baby on the black market. You get a great price. That gets you some money in your pocket, also gets rid of the baby, the abomination you never wanted. Then you have a, no, a new baby. You don't go to the same hospital because, for one thing, you sued the fuck out of that place and they just closed down because they paid you an outrageous amount of money. And now you go to a different hospital and you make sure you get your husband's semen injected into the woman and uh, you get a new baby. So this was a blessing because now... Not only do you have a new, healthy, white baby with the right parents, but now you've got multi-millions of dollars to pay for everything that kid needs. And you made someone else happy by giving them an Asian hybrid. I mean, this has all happy endings all the way around it, if you ask me. Look on the bright side, everybody. Okay? You, look, you took a, a bad situation, and you made rainbows all around. Oh, my God, Jesus, I love rainbows. Yeah, we already covered that. All right, I feel good about that. I think I saved myself on that one. I started off being a terrible person, but I think at the end, I really, I really you know, turned that car around and drove right down Happy Street. All right, what's next? <laughs> oh, I know. Stranger danger. All right, Jim Morrison, thank you. That was lovely. All right, stranger danger. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I witnessed this myself. It's pretty fucking strange. You want to hear it? Here it goes. Now, so I was at work one day. It doesn't matter what I do for a living. I told you I'm on the gritty streets. Out in the elements. And you see some pretty weird shit once in a while. 
So on this on this particular day, I was out there working, and I hear in the background, I hear like, I'm just like, what the hell is that? And I kind of glance behind me after I heard it a couple more times, and there's a there's a young guy and a young girl in a car on the opposite corner from me. So they're across the street, but it's a pretty big intersection, so kind of a ways away. So that that was a guy. I don't know if he had any mental issues or if he if I just couldn't hear like make out the words he was saying. It was like a just sound like whining and shit. I'm like, okay. So I keep doing what I'm doing. And a little bit later, like I keep hearing like once in a while. And like I said, I can't sure if I'm not sure if I'm just can't make out the words he's saying, but sooner or later I hear some banging. I'm like, oh, what the hell's that? And I kind of glance over, and the guy's got a fucking bat in his hand. I'm like, oh, my God. And he's, like, banging on the car with the bat. And I'm just thinking, like, I hope that's his fucking car (laughs) and not hers. She's not flipping out because if it was my car and I was her, I'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Stop it. But she's just standing there and uh, trying to console him, I guess, on some level, and uh, but not really trying to get too close because he's got a fucking bat. I'm talking, like, a legit bona fide baseball bat, a metal one. And I'm thinking like, oh, I bet this chick's dumping him. <laughs> and he's flipping out, you know, like that's probably him crying. <laughs> Just stay with me. Why are you leaving? That kind of shit. And so, uh, like I said, I can't make out what he's saying, though. So I walk to my work vehicle a little while later. I'm in there taking care of some shit and I hear some more pounding, but it sounds different. From inside my fucking vehicle with the windows up. And I turn, I look over across and the guy now is beating on himself with the fucking bat. He's hitting himself in the chest with this bat. Give me the bat, Wendy. Wendy, darling, light of my life. Give me the bat. I'm sorry. I've seen so many movies in my life and I just kind of like go down these little fucking side tunnels once in a while. <laughs> I get triggers here and there. So he's hitting himself with this bat. Bah! 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 I'm like, oh my God, this guy is a psycho. And uh, she's like making an attempt to stop him, but again, he's holding a fucking bat. And then he stops and he's like, he's kind of like, like he wants to start crying and shit. And he's like breaking down. He's like throwing his uh, his arms in the air. And uh, I was like, wow, she's, I think she's for sure, I think he done, unless he lost somebody. I don't know if someone died, but it seems more like, She's letting this guy, cutting him off, you know, and he's kind of like, oh, why? <laughs> you know how those youngsters are? Wants to get a taste of that pussy. They don't want to lose it. <laughs> that was gross. I'm sorry. Oh, my God, James. What has gotten into you this week? I don't know. Maybe I should go see someone. Uh, anyway, so <laughs> soon after that, like, I'm still doing some work. I can't watch this whole thing, even though it's highly entertaining. So at one point I look up again and now they're in the car and, and the, he doesn't have the bat anymore. I was like, oh, that's good. So now they're in the car, they're talking and stuff. And you can tell, you can still see he's very fucking dramatic, like swaying back and forth and throwing his arms up, putting his hands like on his, through his hair and on his temples and oh, man, on his forehead and covering his eyeballs, being over the top dramatic. And I was like, oh man, good thing you left this fucking guy. <laughs> and... Then uh, I look down for a minute, and I'm doing something. And again, I hear pounding. I'm like, uh, I look up. This dude is now slamming his fucking head into the steering wheel. And I'm not talking banging it. He's slamming it. If you saw, once again, an It reference, if you saw It too, at the same force that that motherfucker was slamming his head into that glass in that, in that weird maze thing, that's what this guy was doing. Whack, whack, whack. I'm like, holy shit. How's he still conscious? And then, you know, once again, she's like trying to stop him. And he's like, ah. but now he's not crying because of that. He's, he's still crying because of his pissing, moaning horse shit. And I'm like, dude, this guy, I should probably call someone. But if I do that, then it's going to take away from my entertainment. So I'm not going to do that at this point. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh. Uh, I'm still watching the whole thing and, and highly entertained. And then I look down again. Every time I look down, something happens. And then the the, the horn starts going beep, beep, beep. And she gets out. 
The alarm's going off. She gets out. I'm like, oh, finally, she's had enough. She's fucking walking away. Now this guy's making a huge scene, making the horn go off or the alarm go off. Now she's like, I've had it. I'm fucking gone. No. What It turns out that he fucking threw the keys out of the car into the street. And she walked out to go pick them all up. Like the keychains fell off and all that shit. She picks everything up off the street. She walks back and gets in the car. I'm like, oh, man, I thought I had you pegged for uh, someone a little smarter than that. But she went right back in and played into the whole same horse shit. So uh, (laughs) at this point, uh, I'm on my lunch now because I don't want this moment to end. I'm dying to see what happens next. And I'm looking, getting my food and stuff. And I sit back, I, I turn back over and look at them. Now the car's gone. I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? I didn't hear the car start. I didn't see anything in my peripherals. They're just gone. I was like, wow, I wonder, I wonder what happened to these guys. I wonder what happened. So cut to a little bit later. I'm done for the day. I'm about to leave, go back to uh, my work and drop off my vehicle. I, t- I make a couple of turns and I see down the street some flashing lights. And I was like, uh-oh. And I drive up and there's a cop who has the road blocked off and he sees directing traffic to make a, a detour. And as I'm turning to the right, I see that couple's car flipped over on its roof down the road. And I couldn't help but feel partly responsible because I could have stepped in and taken some action. I could have just pulled my phone out and called the local authorities to intervene. But I did nothing. That's what happens with good, when good men do nothing. <laughs> but on the other side of it, she really dodged a bullet, huh? I mean, he's probably dead. If you're going to slam your head into a steering wheel and abuse yourself with a baseball bat, you probably don't have much concern about your, your well-being. So I'm assuming she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Uh, I'm going to also assume that he's fucking dead. And now her breaking up with him just got a whole lot easier. Now she's out. It's clean. He's out of the picture altogether. Nothing to worry about. All ties are cut. See, so in the long run, upon further analysis, sometimes it's good not to do anything. Just let the situation play out on its own. And sometimes it all works out for everyone. You know, this guy's dead, so he can stop beating himself up and being so miserable. She's out of a boyfriend, which she didn't want to begin with, and I still got to have entertainment. Everybody wins. <laughs> And that was Stranger Danger. All right, it's about that time to start wrapping this thing down. And we always start with a little segment I like to call I Fancy Them. It's beautiful. Beautiful. It's wonderful. It's I Fancy That. Fancy. All right, thousands, thousands, I Fancy That is a segment in which I talk about something positive for a change. Something that makes me happy. Something that I fancy. And this week, I'm only going to give, I'm gonna give you some recommendations for a, a movie and a TV show that I really fancy. I mean, I really fancy them. First, a TV show. If you have Amazon Prime, it's free. If you don't have Amazon Prime, I don't know what to tell you. It's called Undone. You might have heard of it. You probably saw the ads for it. Maybe you saw it on the social medias. Nevertheless, I like this show a whole lot. I think I'm six episodes in, but I got to tell you, episode two fucking locked me in, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's, a, it's like a hybrid show. It's, it's filmed with real actors and then they animate over everything they filmed. It's a, it's so it's a, it looks like a animated cartoon show, but it's also live action, which I don't know if that, I don't know if that makes sense to you, but it's pretty fucking beautiful to look at. And, uh, the wife, the first episode, it is kind of just establishing itself, of course. And, uh, the wife tells me, um, cause I put it on my, like, Oh, let's try this one out. I'm, I've been looking forward to it. She's like, eh, after the episode was over, why, didn't it, why is it animated? What is the point? I go, well, from the ads I saw, I think it's about to get pretty fucking trippy at some point. And I don't think you can, uh, you can really film that or, you know, the, the special effects would be too outrageous. And sure enough, second episode is a complete mind fuck. Oh, I loved it. 
I'm talking extreme psychedelic journey, man. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. You have to watch it. Watch the first episode. If it doesn't get you the first episode, don't give up. Watch the second episode after that. If you're still not in, then you can walk away. But I, 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 th I think if I know this audience, I think you guys are going to dig it. Second episode, you'll be locked in like I was. I don't know where it's going. I don't know uh, what's going to happen next. Like I said, I'm six episodes in, but God damn, do I enjoy it. It's right up my alley. It'll, it'll break your brain. All right, next up, movie. I just saw this a few days ago. I've actually seen it two times. Today is, what the hell? Today's Wednesday, October 9th. To be honest with you, I started recording this podcast yesterday, and I had to uh, stop the recording because my dumb family came home. And I don't like to do this around them because I turn into a lunatic, and I don't want them to hear me. <laughs> I need to hide my true self from my family. Uh, so yeah, uh, anyway, I recorded some of this yesterday, most of it, and then uh, today I'm picking up where I left off. But at this point, it's October 9th, I've seen the movie opening day on Friday, and I've seen it again on Monday in the theater. And I'm talking about, of course, Joker. Oh, God. Starting off, no spoilers, okay? I'm not going to say anything to ruin it for you. Uh, I promise. I, I don't like that shit. If we, do, if we do the nerd shows, we break the whole movie down and all that stuff, but uh, I'll just, it's only been out a few days or whatever, so I'm not going to go too much into it at this point. I'm just going to say that I fucking loved this movie, and afterwards, I was kind of embarrassed that I loved it because it's dark as fuck, and I, I told my wife, I go, hey, uh, she, it was just me and her, I go, hey, uh, Oh, and by the way, I had tickets for me, her, and the kids, and then I heard someone go, uh, I heard you should really not take your kids to a movie like, to this movie. I'm like, oh, really? I was like, and then I looked it up myself, and it said, do not take young kids to this movie. I'm like, all right, fine. Uh, I'm glad I didn't. Um, just because they, another, they, my kids probably would have liked it, because my kids are wacky like that. They're, uh, <laughs> they're not scared by movies, like a lot of kids their age. But I think it would have been too slow paced for them. But uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this movie from the beginning to the end. I was never bored. I was into it the whole time. I think that uh, Joaquin Phoenix put on a hell of a performance. And I'm going to say one of the best performances I've ever seen in my fucking life. That's how blown away I was with this dude. He killed it. He killed it. Uh, yeah, like I said, I liked it. So I saw it two times. The wife really wanted to see it again. She's the one that actually led that charge. I'm like, really? She, she loved it. She loved it. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a piece of art. I think it's fucking great. I think it's great. So there you go, man. That's, I, I can't say any more good things about it without revealing some shit, but, uh, go see it. And uh, just keep an open mind, because it's probably not what you're expecting. But uh, just go along with the ride. But it's Jesus. Ah! And he's, he's got to win the Oscar for Best Actor. I mean, I would be fucking amazed if he didn't win this award. I don't give a fuck who's nominated with him. I don't care. He's going to win this thing. All right, so there you go. Uh, undone. The, the show on Amazon Prime. And uh, if you want a little incentive to watch Undone, the, one of the characters is Bob Odenkirk, the guy from uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. That dude, he's in it. Uh, so there you go. Undone and also, of course, Joker. Uh, fuck yeah. Go check those things both out. I promise you won't be disappointed. And if you are, ah, go fuck yourself. All right, and those two things. I fancy that. All right, and now it's time for the darker side of life. That's right, it's time for the legendary fuck you moment. And here we go. Fuck you! Oh, yeah. The fuck you moment is where we get negative once again. Aw, you didn't think we were going to end the show on a positive note, did you, you silly pants? All right, the fucking moment is where I get negative and I talk some shit about what I don't like. And this time I'm targeting fantasy fucking football, man. That's right. Every year we have fantasy football. 
and the commissioner, the League of Shadows. Yes, it is a Batman reference. Yes, it is awesome. <laughs> so this year, I, I got one of the highest ratings for my draft. I'm like, oh, look at that. It's pretty good. Did I? Was that this year? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was. I'm pretty sure I did pretty well. And uh, anyway, I got Drew Brees as my quarterback, which I was pretty happy about. I got Odell Beckham as a receiver. And uh, Mark Ingram is running back. And anyway, and Travis Kelsey is a tight end. And apparently the best defense was the Vikings. That's the highest rating. And my fucking golden boy, the kicker from the Patriots, Gostowski. Gostowski? Some Polish guy. He's hands down the best kicker in the whole NFL's. But guess what happens? Like week two, fucking Breeze gets hurt out. My, the star of my lineup. One of them. Done. And then, uh, guess who's out now? My, my golden boy kicker. He's out for the season. Done. Fucking sick of this shit, man. Every year I got screwed in fantasy football. Every fucking year, it doesn't matter. Uh, I had Adrian, or uh, was it Adrian Peterson one year when he had that stupid bullshit happen where he got <laughs> kicked out of the league? Was it him that beat his kid? I think I had him then. Uh, who else did I have? <sighs> Come on, James, get it together. It's like every year I got someone like an all star that gets kicked out of the goddamn league or gets an, a, a career or a, <laughs> a season ending injury. Never fails. Jesus Christ. That's it. That's all I got. I haven't been very angry lately. Although this has made me kind of angry. Because I get fucked every year. <laughs> yeah, James. We're sure that's why you lose. Because your all-star player gets hurt. It's not because of your shitty picks and your stupid organizational skills and your crappy management. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, fuck. You're probably right. I'm not very good with football. I don't know who's who. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but you have to be honest. This fucking thing is mostly luck anyway. Uh, it looks like my cousin Monkey <gasps> is is, uh, is looking to win this thing. I think he... No, he didn't win. My cousin Dominic... Who? Dominic won last year. There was a fight out between him and Monkey, and he, he prevailed. So Monkey's on top so far. So if I'm going down, of course I'm going to go for my brother from another mother. My cousin Monkey. <gasps> I'm rooting for you, buddy. Keep the family alive. <laughs> I think I'm already fucking out at this point. Uh, what am I? Let's see. I'm two and three. Doesn't look good. I won't tell you what my name is because it's highly offensive. <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you on, on, on another show. I'll tell you on the next show what my name is. All right, that's it, okay? Uh, I'm frustrated with this goddamn fantasy football thing. It's uh, really annoying. Uh, the last game we played, I lost like 77 to 130 points. It was fucking dreadful. Um, I'm already going to just say I lost. I think I'm already out. Mentally, I'm checked out. I'm done. It's over. I got no chance in winning the grand prize of like, what is it? Two something? 200 bucks? I don't remember. It's my fucking league and I never won it. <laughs> All right, that's it. So fantasy football. You. Fuck you! All right! That does it, boys and girls. Thanks for joining. Thanks for coming along with me on another audio adventure through podcast land. I'm going to leave you with a song. I don't know if, if I've ever played this song before. I don't think I would. But if I have, you probably don't remember anyway. So I started off this podcast with some Tony Bennett I left my heart in San Francisco. I want to close the show with another Tony Bennett song. I happen to really love this song. It's a little jazzy number, but it's uh, pretty mellow. It sounds like a really beautiful love song. But if you listen closely to the lyrics, he's pretty much saying, go fuck yourself to a chick he was with. <laughs> and, oh, God, it's so masterfully done. And I always enjoy listening to it. 
And my favorite part is the very end of the song when he says, and that's when I'll discover that revenge is sweet as I sit there applauding from a front row seat when somebody breaks your heart like you, like you broke mine. Oh, man. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to watch you get destroyed, bitch. Like, you fucking hurt me. <laughs> I love it. I hope you guys enjoy it, too. So here's Tony Bennett with I Want to Be Around. And once again, I'll leave you with some fantastic advice. The same advice I'll leave you with every show, and that's simply. Stay dangerous, my friends. <laughs> Later. Take it away, Tony! I want to be around To pick up the pieces When somebody breaks your heart Some somebody twice as smart As I A somebody who Will swear to be true as you used to do with me. Who'll leave you to learn that misery loves company? Wait and see. I mean, I want to be around to see how he does it when he breaks your heart to bits let's see if the puzzle fits so fine and that's when I'll discover that revenge is sweet as I sit there applauding from a front row seat When somebody breaks your heart like you 